from the house. H3, I am Chris Ballard, and this is, of course, Ivan Sheffield. Glad to be back with everybody again for another episode of H3. And uh, lots to talk about. Lots, to lots talk about of, lot of things going on. Uh, it's just we've been in prayer here lately, and we've been talking about prayer going back. And uh, one of the big things that uh, Chris and I have seen is the uh, revival going on up in Kentucky. Yeah, let's talk about that. Little uh, little universities on, on the scale of things. Right. Asbury University up there in Kentucky. And they have entered day seven, I believe, at like six or seven o'clock tonight. They'll mm-hmm. enter they have three services eight. a day. Yeah. What's impressive is day seven, it appears that there is no end in sight. Nobody is leaving. In fact, the numbers are swelling. Uh, They can Mm -hmm. hold, I think, 1,500 in the auditorium that they're in. Mm -hmm. And there are, we've seen estimates this evening uh, between three and 6,000 people waiting outside that auditorium to To get get in. in. Yeah, uh, last night was their biggest night so far, probably they'll surpass it tonight but they had 3,000 people that wanted to get in and you have to understand that the president of the university said the first service was nothing unusual it was nothing out of the ordinary it was just a normal planned service just a regular service and what they did was some people stayed out after the service and they started playing songs yeah so (laughs) and, and apparently Within, I think, uh, I, got a, I got a friend that's out there right now who texted and said within the first hour of the additional uh, praise service, mm-hmm. they had 100 people mm-hmm. at the altar. Right. I mean, not even an just, altar call, just people were playing music and felt that mood that 100 people hit their knees at the yep. altar, and it's been going that strong ever since. And one of the things that, you know, that really I've been following it and I've been reading all the articles and everything and, you know, uh, social media blew it up because of TikTok and Instagram and everything yeah, like that. But, but but let's talk about that. It's not even Asbury's social media. No, They're not it's even not. promoting it. Everybody, everybody else started and grabbed a hold of it. And, you know, whenever you figure out that it just started from the spirit, yeah, it didn't start from preaching. It didn't start from someone having something great to say in a sermon. It was just the Spirit. And whenever you're thinking about what they stand for, the church is really a church that's uh, aligned with the Wesleyan and Holiness movement. But at the same time, my grandfather was a Wesleyan preacher, and we used to have Brush Arbor meetings, and they would last for a long, long time. I've only been in one meeting myself where we started a meeting, and it lasted eight days. I was going to say, so you're you're not a, a stranger to to revival. And no, I, I think the concept is is there. Most of us understand the concept of, of a revival, but but I don't think anybody understands it on that scale. Right, and whenever you're talking about the Lord moving in, yeah. and it's not anything with a preacher, it's not anything. And in, in my case. It was uh, eight nights, that, and we went through Sunday, Saturdays and Sundays, and we had five different churches join us. Mm-hmm. And it was a really eye-opening time for me because I started it off with 15 teenagers. And out of 15 teenagers, I think the last night we had over 350, 400 people there. And it's not the scale of what's going on up there, 
But at the same time, I didn't do anything. It was yeah. just the moving of the spirit. We had a bunch of good singing, and that's what they're having. They're not, they, number one. I liked what you were saying earlier. They're, they're not even plugged up. They're not showing a projector. No. They're not electric guitars. There's no light shows. No. It's just singing, praising, and feeling the Holy Spirit. Yeah, in an old sanctuary. Mm-hmm. So from what I from the videos I've seen, there's there's no screen projectors to tell you what the words are. There's there's nobody walking around with hymnals like and, and we were reading earlier, there are people literally just waiting their turn in line at the piano and at the instruments to go up there and, and play what's on their heart. That's right. It's just or, a movement of the Lord. Testimony. That's yeah. right. Not a lot of special preachers coming in. No. It's just the the you know heaven moving in. Yeah. And it's the spirit, and you've got to look at it. They've come, people have come all the way from Hawaii, from Massachusetts down there to Kentucky. And, you know, one thing that popped in my mind just now, we just had something in pro football in the NFL that got everybody to pray. Yeah. We've been talking about prayer last Wednesday night. We had a real good discussion on it. But prayer changes things. And you better believe for a movement like this, somebody had to be praying for something like this to happen. And, you know, all the great revivals and all the great awakenings that happened in America started somewhere. And it started with prayer. So, I, and you know, not that we were looking for one, but that's a great segue back into what we had had planned to discuss this evening, which is uh, the importance in our lives of prayer partners and accountability partners. And we want to discuss the specifics of the two, mm-hmm. what role they play, uh, the differences between the two, and, and, and do you have one, and, and how do you, you play that into your life. And so I think it's important to note that we, we you know, our jumping off point on mm-hmm. this conversation tonight is, of course, that we ended last Wednesday discussing the power of prayer. Pra- power of prayer, and and we used a lot of scripture. Today's scripture comes from Matthew 18, 19, and 20. It says, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. So whenever you're talking about a prayer partner, it's got to be more than just you. If you've got a partnership, it's got to be two of you. So you're saying I can't be my own prayer partner? You can't be your own prayer partner. I will tell you what, if you are your own prayer partner, and those of you Mm -hmm. out there, you know who you are, you're not leading an eight-day revival. Amen? That's exactly right. Yeah. And then so whenever whenever you have a prayer partner, uh, we had a few things we were going to talk about. Uh, We were talking about the benefits of prayer, how to get it started, and, you know, one of the benefits that I think really stands out, and I'd like your take on it, Chris, is whenever you've got a prayer partner, you've got someone that's going to pray for you. You're not praying for yourself. Yeah. I, you know, that, that, that's a great, I mean, that, that's, that, wow. And, and just to break in, yeah. if you've got a prayer partner and you're getting someone else to pray for you, yeah. you know that someone else is tuning up for your request and you don't you have somebody that you can really count on to be praying for you. You know that is 
that is, it took me a minute there to, to gather my thoughts on that. <laughs> that. That's so obvious. It's an obvious statement, um, but yet very profound. If you're praying for yourself, yeah, I mean, then you're doing it by yourself. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, we talk all the time about that we can't do anything by ourselves. Right. And not that there aren't instances in, in the Bible and in, in, in the Word and in everything we study right. that talk about being in communion with God. And, and of course, uh, you know, being a New Testament church, we certainly believe in having direct communion with God. Right. But never does he say as directly as he does about where two or more are gathered. Mm-hmm. Never does he say specifically that if it's, hey, if it's just you and you're, and you're doing this, I'm going to be there. Well, I'll give you an example. You know, I've always, uh, I always like to live by example and I always like to talk by example. And we have some people that have popped on since we started. Uh, Joe Beach is there watching. She says, good evening. And Joe. Melissa, Melissa says, hello. Well, this weekend, Melissa and Lane were sick. Yep. They had strep throat and everything. Well, I got more than one text asking me to pray for them. So... I'm, I'm an accountability prayer partner for these people. And when they text in, I have to stop and pray for them. So, Melissa, I know you're, you're watching, and I just want you to know that there were a lot of people praying for you this week. Absolutely. And that's part of the par- partner. You, if somebody sends you something, you can't wait and say, I'm going to do it later. Yeah. You can't wait and say, uh, okay, well, I'm going to ask somebody to pray for me, and then I'm going to forget it. You need to pray too. But the thing about it is hearing our needs prayed by someone else will help us refocus on our own prayers. Yeah, well, and I, and I was just thinking about that because, uh, you know, you mentioned sharing it with somebody else, mm-hmm. having, having that, that partner. You know, in, in addiction counseling and, and things, we always talk about, well, heck, even in, in any other thing you do, we talk about the importance of bringing somebody else in on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if it means enough to you to share it with somebody, mm-hmm. then it, it's got to be something real. But we also talk about, you know, your problems don't usually seem as big mm-hmm. once you've gotten them out and you've shared it with somebody. Exactly. So I think prayer is kind of the same way. You know, sometimes there's just relief in in just getting it out there and you're sharing it with somebody mm-hmm. and you're not necessarily getting their take on it. You're not taking right. any judgment from that person you're just saying, hey, this is what's going on in my life. They're acknowledging that, which is that exactly. in and of itself is validation. We like that as humans and and the ability to, to know that I don't have to pray it the right way. Mm-hmm. I don't have to, to, if I can't get that prayer out today, it's okay because I know that I've got that person uh, yeah. on my side. Well, we also got Nicole that, uh, she said hello. So, hey, Nicole, hey, how Nicole. are you doing? Uh, glad to have you with us tonight, and uh, I know that uh, a lot of people, whenever you're praying for other people, you you focus not on yourself so much. You you always talk about somebody else. The second thing about it is exactly that. Whenever you have a prayer partner, it helps you to not focus so much about self-centeredness. Because people ask you to do stuff. They ask you to pray about a certain situation. Now, most of the personal stuff that I get, people say, don't share this prayer request, just pray for them. So I have to keep that in mind that I can't share it out loud, but at the same time, 
when somebody asks me to pray for them, they're also saying, well, you know, I don't think about me. I'm thinking about somebody else when I'm praying. So it's not a self-centered thing. Praying for someone else uh, keeps your prayers from becoming all self-centered. In other words, I'm praying for me all the time. I'm praying for me. I'm, I'm wanting this to happen. I'm wanting that to happen. Uh, a lot of times I turn stuff over. I've got probably, for the church here, I would say we have about 30 prayer partners across the world, across the United States. Yeah, so and let's that's a great way to shift on this topic a little bit. So I think we could all agree that prayer partners are a necessity in, in a Christian walk. It's important to have one. It's important to be one. And I think the first prayer partner that we all carry mm-hmm. is, is one, is your, your preacher. You, you should have a relationship with your ministry staff. There should mm-hmm. be somebody who's ministering to somebody at your church that you're comfortable talking to and asking for prayer support with. Mm-hmm. But I also think, you know, the second one is, is just the church in and of itself. Right. We dedicate time at BWC anyway, every mm-hmm. service to cover a prayer list. And I know lots of other churches do it differently. Some of them are, you know, they print their prayer list and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that, that we have any special reason for, for sharing ours out loud, but, but I, I'm glad that we do. Just, yeah. It's just the way we do things. So, you know, walking out of service every Sunday at BWC, that mm-hmm. you've got, you know, the, the enormity of the entire church is mm-hmm. your prayer partner for whatever, it, you know, you, you laid out on our altar that day. So if you know that you walk into it and you have those two, I, you know, like you said, there's mm-hmm. things that people aren't going to put on the altar necessarily. Right. They're not going to share with the minister, but they would share with, uh, um, a personal, personal, a more personal friend. So, yeah. as a minister, I know you have prayer partners, mm-hmm. and I have you know specific prayer partners. But if I'm if I'm you know Joe Beach out here or Nicole who's tuning in, what what do you say to folks like that to when they say, well, you know, I'm not real sure who my prayer partner should be. I think it should be started on a personal basis. Uh, just to let you know, uh, Jimmy's watching us. Hey, Jimmy, how you doing? Uh, also, Brittany and Ryan have tuned in. Uh, we're talking about prayer, and we're talking about prayer partners. And Chris asked me where you would start. The very first thing I would start about is somebody that knows your background. In other words, you need somebody that you can relate to. And you know, first of all, you got to understand that, one, you need to relate to them, but they need to relate to God. So don't got don't you know don't go down to the bar and ask a, uh, somebody that just is not in church to pray for you. Uh, find somebody that uh, you really believe in, that you trust, that you know will not be a. Uh, we used to have a joke. Uh, she's I hate to say this, but the lady that I'm talking about, she's now she went out, you know she passed away. But whenever we were, whenever we were you know working at. And she knew it. I mean, we've told her this into her face and everything. We told her there was three ways to get the word out if something happened at the company. We said, okay, number one, you you can telephone. Telephone, telefax, and tell a friend or or tell Margie. Yeah. So what I'm saying is you got to have somebody that's in confidence. Yeah. Somebody that you can trust. Yeah, I think and that's that's, that's where you start. Yeah. In other words, one number one, not only am I what I, I hate to use this term, but the man of the cloth, but I've, I've got a, a vault. 
In other words, everybody that brings something to me, it stays with me. And it has to stay with me and the Lord. And so find you somebody that you can relate with. It's hard to talk to somebody you don't trust. So you've got to have somebody that you trust. Uh, Jimmy put out there, devil doesn't like prayer partners and will not let up, so look out. (laughs) Yeah, you know, Jimmy, uh, in in all of my youth, I'll I'll, I'll just leave youth in there. That's right. Uh, We we surely, you, you thought twice about taking on the fight. Now I won't say picking the fight, but you thought twice about taking on the fight of the guy who had a car full of friends. Mm-hmm. And, and, and prayer and, and Satan is no different. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's certainly willing to attack us when we're mm-hmm. on our own. Why not? I mean, every... every oh, he don't want you to get somebody you can trust. And that's one thing yeah. that uh, Melissa said. Melissa said, it, definitely someone you can trust. Yeah. So, you know, the devil's going to fight you about that. Well, let's think about it. I mean, if, if it's not somebody you can trust, then, then how in the world do you know you can trust them to, to actually do the prayer? That's exactly right. I mean, I could give you the platitude all day long. And I'm like, man, I'm praying mm-hmm. for you. And mm-hmm. I think people do. It's comfortable. It, sometimes when you hear somebody's story, that's just the, the it's just instinctive. It comes mm-hmm. right out of your mouth. Man, I'll be praying for you. But how many of us, or how many of us in general in, in the world actually remember, like, do you write that down? Do you put it in your phone and go home and, and do that? Right. I'm, I'm, I words, feel like you did. <laughs> I feel like there's a there's an Ivan book somewhere. There there he is. There, see? I told But you. you know, there's so many things that can happen during a week and then I come in here on Sunday morning and we're making up the prayer list and you know I get here early. Yep. I go up and I start going over the week of people that's contacting me. I look at emails. I look at text. I want everybody that trusted me, if they say it's just a special, I write down special, do not announce. Yeah. But at the same time, you it's hard when you have somebody that's in so much trouble that they're wanting an answer. Uh, I'm going to try a theological word for you here, discernment. Oh, Lord. Okay, do you know what discernment is? Discernment. Spiritual discernment. Uh, so I know that to be discerning means to be, uh, to pick between and to kind of be selective in your picking. Okay. Discernment in prayer is listening to God through prayer and hoping that you get an answer to a question or on a decision or on a clarify what you're praying about. So let's use, let's just use um, Melissa and Lane as an example tonight. Okay. They were sick. They could have got sicker. Yeah. They could have got, you know, COVID. They could have got a lot of things whenever you have a cold or you have strep. But but what do you expect when people start praying for you? I expect them not to be healed immediately. That's not what I believe. I mean, you know, you got all these movies that like uh, believe in miracles and the girl that, you know, healed people and everything. A lot of it can be instant, but I believe in discernment is waiting for the answer. In other words, discernment for prayer is let's just wait on God to provide an answer. Now, we had to wait three days when we got this building. And that was a, you know, it was kind of tense. But but at the same time, it's discernment that we didn't start calling people and telling them we had a building. Sure. 
We waited for the Lord to answer. And what was our prayer? If, if uh, I'll put it out there, if we made them an offer they couldn't refuse. I mean, you know, we knew that we said, okay, Lord, if My they accept was, this. don't take the bad offer, take the good one. That's what I can afford. That's it. It was it was discerning that we were just we were waiting for an answer, and then when we got the call and they said, "Okay, put it in writing," it was like, "Okay, so let me because you because you bring up a a great point, but it it causes a question uh, Mm -hmm. in my mind now, and I'm sure it has for everybody out there as well. So discernment Mm -hmm. being obviously uh, or would you say spiritual discernment the, is yep. the ability, I think, or the patience to wait out. Listen answer, for an answer. Listen for an answer. But there's an expectation. And I like the way you asked that question before you went into discernment is what do you expect when you pray? Mm-hmm. So I go, I take that right back to uh, the story of the mustard seed mm-hmm. that, you know, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, right? Then you have the faith to say to a mountain, "Move," and it'll move. It'll move. Mm-hmm. So when we pray, while we're also wanting to be discerning, and we want to have that patience, do we also not have to have the expectation of this? You know, Thy will be done. That, that this will happen. Well, whenever we talk about faith from the Old Testament to faith of the New Testament. A lot of things happened in the Old Testament that was just God-driven. I mean, you've got to look at the Red Sea. The you've got to look at, below. well, the great fish. Okay, what? Yes. Well, I'm sorry. Hey, let's be... Let's, 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 okay. All right. <laughs> it was a great it fish. A great fish. <laughs> but the biggest thing we can relate in our mind is whales. Right. So whenever you're talking about the things that happened in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, a lot of things happened to people. In the New Testament, it happened to individuals. It was a really, you know, the one big thing was when Jesus fed the 5,000. That's a big miracle. But whenever he opened up blind eyes, whenever he made the lame to walk, whenever he did stuff like that, we don't know those people had to make a commitment in faith. And so whenever we're believing stuff, we have to make a commitment in faith. Do miracles happen now? Yeah. Absolutely. Do do people pray for miracles every day? Every day. And some miracles do happen. So would you say, mm-hmm. and again, I'm just I'm chasing a rabbit right now. That's okay. Would you say that the expectation of the miracle or the outcome or the, the answer to prayer, the expectation of that, if it's a real faith-based expectation, should come with the discernment. Right. In so words, I know, I'm going to pick on my wife for a second. Okay. Because she, she can't come in here to, to bust me tonight. <laughs> right. She we, might. <laughs> I'm going to throw your wife in there too. Uh-oh. We know that when we send them to get dinner, mm-hmm. right, we have an expectation that they'll deliver. They'll deliver. Right. And, and because I know that they will come back I believe they will come back with, you know, fajitas or whatever we've sent them after. It makes it a lot easier mm-hmm. to not be antsy, right? Okay. And and start eating chips and stuff while you I'm know they're going to come back. Yeah, because I know but, they're going to come back. But let me ask you a question: When I go to North Carolina <laughs> and you go on business trips and we're here by ourselves, yeah, 
and we're praying that you come back. Part of the prayer is, Lord, if it's your will, yeah. let Chris come back because I don't want to out jump God's will. But at the same time, I'm hoping that he will protect you and guide you. I mean, you know, there's so many times that I've had something come up and I said, well, why did that happen? And then I would hear about a wreck on the news that happened and I was delayed and I wasn't in the wreck. And so I'm sitting there going, you know, if you pray with the thought in mind that it's God's will, discernment is you'll take whatever God gives you. It might be a no. That's the hard part with a Christian now. Hard, hard part is getting a no. The hard part is, is that <laughs> I thought we had a nice you know, summary here. We thought we had something going on. We had an answer. And then you, you come in and, and, you, and you might drop me. And now... Well, it is. It, it, whenever I pray, I pray for God's will to happen. No, you're absolutely right. But, and, but I'm going to accept. My discernment is help me to accept what God has. We don't understand why people die early. Yep. We don't understand why kids die. No. We don't understand all of it. But at the same time, we pray to an all-power, mighty God yeah. that he'll guide us through whatever we're going into. So that's part of prayer. I believe that I have the expectation, mm -hmm. right? And I think that the part that I know I personally struggle with is standing up to what I didn't expect, mm -hmm. right? When the answer is no. Right. And so I know I'm really careful to pray about that. And pray but about let me tell you what have prayer partner. We talked about someone to help with discernment or getting an answer or somebody like that. Yeah. But... I'm going to wrap up with this. It creates a deep connection with somebody so they know what you're going through. So whatever the answer is, you have somebody to help you through it. Yeah. That, you know, it's just a, it's a bonding exercise, having somebody to pray with you for, somebody to pray with you about something that nobody else knows about. But then if the answer is no, or if the answer is bad, then you've got somebody there to help you through the trouble times. And so right there, I think is a great segue into the next stage three, where well, unfortunately we will pick up with accountability partners. It creates a deep connection with somebody that provides accountability See, in prayer. Absolutely. So that's what it does. So that's where we'll pick up accountability partners. I do want to put a challenge out to you this week. If you don't have a dedicated prayer partner in your life, I want you to go out and find one. And remember the characteristics that we laid out for you. It should be somebody that, that knows you, somebody that you, I won't say that you have to know them, but you have to know them enough to trust them with what mm -hmm. you're going to share with you them. You do. And you always have a prayer partner in the two of us and the team here at BWC. You have a great prayer partner in BWC in and of itself. We are a very, very prayerful church. I'm, I'm very happy about that. But we do have to have that person that at a moment's notice doesn't care that it's 930 at night. And you can shoot that text out that just says, hey, man, let me, let me tell you what's going on. And I'm just going to ask that you pray for me. And, mm -hmm. and it should be somebody that you don't expect them to say, here's what you ought to do. What the only response you should expect from a prayer partner is, I'm praying. I'm praying for you. That's it. Or you got it, I'll pray for you. And so I want everybody to go out. If you don't already have one, go out and find one this week. Make that make that your goal for this week to, to do that. And remember, 
Whenever you're talking about prayer, God gives us an example of prayer in the New Testament. And if we follow that and we put ourselves in that position, we can find somebody, just like the Scripture says, where two or three says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. So we're also going to be praying, Chris, that this Sunday we're going to have a great service. Amen. <laughs> so, yeah, so let me, let me say that. Where two or more are gathered, we hope there are two or more of us. There will be at least two uh, right. this coming Sunday. So it, while you're uh, looking for a prayer partner, if you need a prayer partner in a church or in a ministry staff, we would love to invite you out this Sunday. Our services start at 1030 and we're up here at 5237 Murfreesboro Road. Uh, so feel free to come as you are. Our sign says it. We say it. We mean it. Real quick. Yep. There are two Lindas joined us and was watching. Linda awesome. Clark from Shevels doing there. Nice. And Linda Dawson. So Linda, ladies. thanks for joining. Absolutely. Uh, she said, evening, BWC. I'm sorry you caught us at the end, but I'll tell okay. you one thing. You can watch it later. You can watch it later. You'll be able to download it from our findhope at bwc.org website tomorrow. And then uh, on our parting shot, I just want to remind everybody, we will be, uh, it'll be a great Sunday to join us. If you haven't been in a while, we're going to be partaking in the Lord's Supper. Yes, we will. So I ask that you uh, be in prayer for BWC. We're going to continue to be in prayer for you. And then I'll also ask that you be in prayer for the revival that's going on in Kentucky. Pray that we can make day eight with uh, with no uh, major hiccups or anything that's else. That's right. And it'll keep going. And it'll go as long as there's prayer in it. Uh, that, that's right. I believe. So none of this has been done with any money. None of it's been done with any agenda or any even help from the university. So this has been H3, guys. Make sure you're finding that prayer partner. If you need one, sure God. God loves you. God loves you.